The golf world certainly buzzing yesterday after comments from Taylor Gooch about an asterisk at Augusta, including if Rory wins this April. McElroy responding today in an interview with Kira K. Dixon. You're going to want to hear what the four-time major champion has to say. And it was one of the best stories of the fall, the comeback for Camilla Vajegas to win again on the PGA Tour. Now he's taking on a new role. The five-time PGA Tour winner joins the show. You're going to hear from Camillo and more as Golf Today kicks off now. Golf Today. PGA National returns to host the first event on the PGA Tour's Florida Swing for the average Joe. It can give them everything they can handle. Same goes for the pros featuring the treacherous bear trap on holes 15 to 17 at the newly renamed Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beach. Its coverage begins tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern on Golf Channel. Welcome inside our Golf Channel studios. This is Golf Today. I'm George Savarikas hanging with, hanging with Eamon Lynch for the next hour. we got a a lot of people are going to fit on the show. You're going to hear from uh, Rory McIlroy. We have Camilla Vajegas, reigning NCAA men's individual champ Fred Biondi, who played his college golf at UF. A lot of voices. We've had a lot of opinions also this week. I'm most looking forward to hearing from Camilla. We all know he's one of the most popular guys in the game. That popularity could be at risk with his new job. He's now the new chairman of the Players' Advisory Council. These are contentious times in this game as the last 24 hours have shown us, George. And Camilla is going to have a lot on his plate going forward. I am eager to hear, after Taylor Gooch served up the take machine, Rory's response, which is coming up in just a bit. But before that, we got a flashback to one of the great wins at PGA National. This was the 2012 Cognizant Classic. Rory, a two-time winner on tour at this time, needed the win this week to become world number one, and Rory was flag hunting. And he needed to be because Tiger Woods had closed that Sunday with a 62 get into the clubhouse early, so Rory needed to make some birdies down the stretch. McElroy with the birdie on the 13th, and then on the 18th, two putts to win, and when I close it out in style. 2012, such a big year for McElroy. That was the first of four wins on the PGA Tour that season. Also included that eight-shot romp at Kiowa as he pocketed the PGA Championship in his second career major. His career finishes in the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. First start was all the way back in 2009 when he won in 2012, became world number one. Having seen a lot of Rory in this event lately, his last start coming back in 2018. And Rory McIlroy, earlier at PGA National, stopping by to chat with Kira K. Dixon. All right, well, back in 2012, a young Rory McIlroy won right here in the Palm Beaches. You held off Tiger Woods to do so. It was your first time then getting to world number one. What stands out to you about that week just beyond your fashion? And hairstyle, maybe. Uh, thanks for making me feel old, Kira. Um, so I had a chance to get to number one the week previous at the World Match Play, and uh, Hunter Mayhan beat me in the final there. So there was a lot of motivation coming into the week. Um, and this was this was one of my first ever PJ Tour events back in 2009. So I always have really you know liked this area and liked this golf course so much so that I I moved here and um, you know this is where I live now. But I think I just remember about that week that my game felt in really good shape and um, 
I remember Tiger making a run on the back nine and, and having to sort of hold on those last few holes. But, you know, I, I fulfilled a lifelong dream um, here and getting to world number one was always a, a goal of mine from a from a young kid. And, um, yeah, it was pretty cool to be able to achieve it, to achieve it. You mentioned that you love this area, but we haven't seen you actually teeing it up in the tournament since 2018. So why was it important to you to play this year? So a couple of reasons. I felt like the date was a little bit better. There, there was that, you know, Mexico Open was last week, so that week in between the West Coast swing and then, and then transitioning to Florida. So it was a nice week to sort of get back home, get acclimatized, and then, you know, do a little bit of practice and, and feel like I'm, I'm on a nice little run here. So I think the date has helped. And then I think a new sponsor stepping in as well is always, you know, it's a big thing for the tour and, and just sort of trying to show support for the tournament in, in any way that I can. Uh, Jake Knapp was here just a few moments ago, the winner last week on the PGA Tour, and he said when he found out that he's going to be playing with you tomorrow that he screenshotted it and texted it to his group text with his buddies. Uh, what do you make of his game? Because he, he's, he's a great uh, driver of the golf ball, which uh, you yourself are known to do. Um, yeah, so I, I watched a, a little bit of Mexico last week, and it really looks like, and I know Jake's been playing well too. He's been um, he's been on a good run of form. Uh, he makes like 190 ball speed look like nothing. He looks like he smooths it. So uh, there's a little bit more effort in my swings to get up to that speed. But um, great win for him. And, and um, you know that you know when you start winning on the PGA Tour, you get these opportunities to play in these groups. And um, I'm, I'm excited to play with him. Shifting focus to conversations beyond the golf course, uh, Taylor Gooch made some comments recently regarding the field at Augusta National not having the best players in the world and specifically said about you that if you were to win that there would be a quote asterisk on that win. Uh, what is your reaction to those comments? Um, I mean, if you look at the full quote, it looks like he was led down a path to sort of say that. I think it was a pretty bad question in fairness, so I'm, I'm giving Taylor the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, you know, the Masters can do whatever they want. It's an invitational at the end of the day. Um, and if you have fulfilled criteria that they think is worthy of an invitation, they'll give you one, like they did with Joaquin Neiman, um, who's in a similar spot, you know, his world ranking drop. But he's played around the world. I played with him in Dubai a few weeks ago. Uh, and he's made a real effort to try to, you know, play his way into the Masters. Um, and I'm not sure the same can be said for Taylor. So, uh but yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to give him the better for the benefit of the doubt and, and feel like it was taken out of context a little bit. But um, you know, the Masters are going to do what they feel is the best thing for their tournament, and, and that's what they've done. Now, I, I know you've taken a step back from the governance and all these questions. You resigned from the PGA Tour Policy Board. They did meet here on Monday. You still have a finger on the pulse of what's happening and great influence into what the future of the PGA Tour looks like. In terms of a resolution, what would be your dream uh, when we're talking about this in December, about what, what this all looks like? Uh, I, think, I think the one thing that I would say is because it has gotten so... Um, divided you know i think there's going to have to be a lot of patience on both sides to sort of try to come to some resolution so uh but i i would like i think it would be the best for the game if we all came back together like i've i've been pretty consistent with that and um the the longer you go with you know not all the best players competing against each other regularly i just think the fans lose out and and interest in the game probably wanes a little bit and that's no good for anyone so the, the faster that we can all get back together 
I think it's it's for the best for the game, but I understand that you know there's going to have to be patience involved, and that's going to take time to figure out all the all the parts to make it happen. We appreciate the time. Enjoy the week. Thank you. Last two questions there, giving us some fascinating insight from Roy McElroy. Where do you want to start? Probably start with the Gooch stuff. I mean, a fairly gracious answer in, mm -hmm. in Roy McElroy's respect, and he's quite right. In that sense, the Masters made clear why Joaquin Neiman, as a live player, was invited. He'd won the Australian Open. He'd had a lot of high finishes on the DP World Tour events. He'd made an effort and was deserving. Taylor Gooch has not made an effort and is not deserving. Taylor's actually only played two world ranking events since the Open Championship last July in seven months, and he withdrew from one of those. So it's, it's not really an apples-to-apples -apples comparison with why Neiman got in and Taylor Gooch didn't. But I thought he addressed that in, in the manner that you'd kind of expect from Rory McIlroy. He's not looking to get into some kind of peeing match here with, with Taylor Gooch. There's nothing to be gained from that at all. Yeah, there's no upside for Rory to really get in the weeds there. I will say, I mean, Taylor Gooch has given us some phenomenal takes <laughs> when it comes to live in the Ryder Cup. And, and now this, I'll couch this. If you look at recent memory, there have been other asterisk conversations, be it winning a major during COVID. Yeah. People say, oh, it should be an asterisk because if, if fans were there or not. When Padraig won two majors in 08, oh, well, Tiger was injured. I feel like those are conversations that are had in the moment and then years down the road when golf fans are looking back and seeing who won the majors that year, they totally forget about that. So I understand in, in Taylor's mindset he was led that way. What he's trying to, to say is that he wants unification, and even though he's playing on live and hasn't made an effort, if he's the live player of the year, he should have an entryway to these majors. I don't think in the future, looking back, golf fans are going to care at all, but right now it's an inflection point, and that's why Twitter explodes when he says a comment like that. Well, yeah, you can always have these asterisks comments and, and, and debates, and a lot of them in certain cases, they're always self-serving to a degree, no matter what the subject is. Taylor's problem is he's living in the live echo chamber where they deliberately take themselves out of eligibility criteria for majors, then demand after the fact that that criteria be rewritten to let them in. It's nonsense. It's BS that Greg Norman has been peddling because he promised them world ranking points. He promised them something he couldn't deliver them. And that's why Taylor Gooch goes out and says dumb stuff. And it's just he's just getting sucked into this echo chamber where he's just not in control of an argument that he's trying to make. There is no validity to the argument at all. And he's just he's been encouraged to say this by the people who are paying him as though they're being discriminated against by a system in the game that just is not discriminating against them. It is a nuanced time to some degree where conversations are occurring with some sort of, I don't know if you want to call it unification, but in some manner blending the public investment fund, the PGA Tour, live the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, by the end of the year, quote unquote, call it. If that occurs, then it would be more likely that there would be a direct path for live guys, depending on how the umbrella looks in the future. But right now, they're still kind of on the outside looking in based on the fact that they didn't adhere to the accepted standards when it comes to getting world ranking points from the yeah. outset. They're clearly coming back at some stage. It's, it's highly unlikely that the game is going to remain divided in, in perpetuity. What that process is, it's a long way away. It's probably going to be convoluted. It's going to be contentious. But right now, everyone's still fighting their own corner. And the, the one area where Liv cannot make any progress at all is in world ranking points. And that it's just leading players to say stuff that doesn't really have any validity because they've chosen with full clarity at mm -hmm. the time to make the decision not 
to, to pursue world ranking points. And to Rory McIlroy's point, Taylor Gooch has not sought out world ranking points for the most part in the last seven months. A guy like Joaquin Neiman did, and that's why Joaquin has a date at Augusta in April and Taylor Gooch will not. Yeah, Joaquin has been grinding, and I remember Taylor last summer when he didn't get in the U.S. Open and felt like it was personal because he had qualified for the FedEx, but he wasn't eligible, FedEx Cup playoffs, and then he didn't go to qualifying for the U.S. Open. It's like, well, well at least make the effort. Like, yeah. then, then there's more validity to the counter-argument that you're trying to make. It's going to be fun to watch Rory McIlroy at, at PGA National, though it's a course that constrains what you can really do off the tee, but he's playing in that first-round group uh, with Jake Knapp going forward, and Jake Knapp just a, a winner uh, a week ago at the Mexico Open at Vedanta at 7.40 a.m. Eastern time with Chris Kirk and Roy McElroy, and that was a celebration. Two years ago, he was playing mini tours, and then he's a rocket ship in just his ninth start on the PGA Tour to winning for the first time. With that win, he has uh, earned a spot at all the signature events, including uh, the Masters, and you know what? As a pathway to some of these uh, the majors in 2024, thanks to that dub. Jake Knapp caught up with uh, Kira K. Dixon at the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. Well, Jake Knapp is the PGA Tour's newest winner and teeing it up this week in Palm Beach. So, Jake, just first of all, congratulations. Uh, when you think about last week in Mexico, what will be the lasting takeaways? Um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be something I'll remember the rest of my life. Um, but just overall, I think really happy with how I grinded out a tough final round. Um, and, you know, it can build a lot on, on how I hit it the first three days. You know, hopefully can get that to to flow into this week and in the, the months to come. But, yeah, just a, just a lot of confidence in general that, uh, that I can win out here. Uh, winning is really exciting, and it's a lot of emotions. It also requires a lot of energy. You're teeing it up back-to-back -back weeks. So what are the energy levels like coming into this week? I was very tired uh, Monday, Tuesday, but got a good you know, night of sleep last night. I'm not playing any today, just practicing and, and doing my normal preparation. So, um, should be able to get to bed pretty early tonight and then uh, get ready and up and early and at him tomorrow. Uh, tea times have come out. You're going to be playing with Rory McIlroy, who I believe you've never met. Uh, what was your reaction when you found out you'd be playing with Rory? Um, I want to say I uh, I sent a screenshot to my group chat with my buddies and my family, and I was like, "There's just there's no way." Um, so it was uh, it was pretty surreal. Um, but you know, I've also just heard he's a super nice guy, so. I'm looking forward to, to just meeting meeting him and, and talking with him and, and Kirk as well. I think it'll just be a, a fun group. Speaking of surreal, winning also comes with uh, a lot beyond just the winner's check. You're going to be teeing it up in some majors, including the Masters tournament. When you think about that, what are the emotions that, that you're going to get to realize a dream there? Yeah. Um, once I got the email, I definitely choked up a little bit, just, just kind of reading through it and uh, sent it to my to my hometown coach Johnny O and it was just like there's there's this is just crazy so uh you know that was definitely kind of on the the forefront of my mind the last few days um and we're already kind of building out a plan to, to get some practice rounds in and everything but yeah that's that's going to be a hard one to get off the the top of my mind over the next few weeks but going to do my best to, to kind of lock in and, and play well these next few congratulations and enjoy the week thank you I appreciate it that's a cool part when you see a guy win for the first time. They can go from whatever category they're in when it, yeah. when it comes to tee times and the, quote, perceived peers that they have. And then how fast that changes to now 
Oh, yeah, your first couple round grouping, you got Roy McIlroy and the defending champion in this event. And how, how fun is it to see someone who's very clearly awestruck by what he's mm -hmm. actually earned on the tour and the appreciation he has for it? Well, Camilo Villegas was one of the more popular winners on the tour last fall. Now he's moving into a role where he might not be as universally popular. He's just been elected chair of the Players Advisory Council, and we're going to talk to him about that right after this break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Back on golf today, we're going to flash back to the 2010 Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. Camilla Vajegas carded four rounds in the 60s to finish five shots ahead of Anthony Kim and win for the third time in his career on the PGA Tour. Camillo has subsequently tacked on two more victories to that total, now up to five after what he did last fall with the dub in Bermuda. Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches, you see in his career, 17 starts with the win, three top 10s and six top 25s. And news today about the five-time PGA Tour winner, Vajegas has been named chairman of the PGA Tour's Player Advisory Council after a vote by the Tour's membership. He will serve as PAC chairman for the remainder of 2024 and replace Jordan Spieth as one of the player directors on the PGA Tour's policy board on January 1st, 2025, serving a three-year term. And Camilo joins us now from Palm Beach Gardens. Camilo, it's an interesting time to take a leadership role among the players, and you are now effectively the voice of the players there's a lot of change a lot of conflicting opinions first things first are you happy with the direction the pga tour is going right now well more than that i'm, I'm very curious and interested to just kind of come on board and see exactly what's going on a little bit more behind the behind the scenes uh, uh, the pga tour has been a very important place for me my family and everybody and uh, i feel like it's it's a time where i can come in learn a lot because there's a lot to learn and just uh, add my two cents. Uh, I feel like I'm an analytical guy. I'm a very rational guy. And it would be very nice to get uh, more and more people just looking in the same direction. Like you said, we have a, a lot of mixed opinions and uh, how do we unite uh, everybody just to, for the same purpose, uh, just to for the benefit of the game of golf. And uh, we'll see, we'll, th we'll see where all, where all this ends up. But it, it, it's an honor for me, I mean, to be honest, going against uh, Kevin Strillman, uh, who's been kind of a role model in, in many ways. Uh, he was the guy I was always voting for, for this, uh, for this uh, positions. So uh, for my peers to pick me, uh, once again, it's an honor and uh, I'll be working hard. I'll be uh, giving it my best. And like I said, the PGA Tour is an important place for me, my family and for, and, and, and for the game of golf. So uh, we'll see what happens. Camillo, having talked with guys in this position before, they say it's a sneaky big time commitment. It certainly can be with everything that's unfolded the past couple of years. Uh, how are you looking forward to balancing this role, obviously with the, the run that you were on last fall and where your game is at with a full PGA Tour schedule and you just pocketed your fifth win? Yeah, there's a lot going on, obviously. And I, 
not only in the game of golf and my swing changes and everything that happened last year, uh, kind of my whole new team and then uh, my son being two years old and now uh, open the doors to just kind of be more involved in, 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 with the PGA Tour and and I'm sure it's going to be a big time commitment. Uh, there's a few players that have already been in that position or are in that position that have uh, warned me about it. They've told me, but I, I think um, everything, everything can be done. It's, it's, it's all about planning. It's all about just kind of putting a good structure in place and, uh, and, and it's a big team. So there's going to be people to help around. And um, once again, uh, it's, it's an honor for me to be standing here and, and uh, knowing that my peers uh, picked me to represent them. Uh, 2024 is going to be probably a year of kind of kind of digging a little bit deeper and then learning and trying to be as prepared as I can be when 2025 comes around and uh, I have to sit on the uh, on one of the big chairs and uh, just uh, listen to kind of the the big boys uh, talk about how the tour is being run and uh, how we can add our two cents and uh, and keep improving. One of the more complicated questions that the players are going to have a big voice in, Camillo, is the possibility of live players coming back to the PGA Tour and what a process like that would look like. And Rory mm -hmm. McIlroy said he thinks they should come back with no penalty at all, but you had guys like Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas say not so fast, it, it can't happen that way. Where are you on that issue? I need to know more information of, of what's going behind the scenes to give you my honest opinion. I think um, it, it can get tricky. Obviously, there's different points of view. And before I, 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 I know a little bit more, I, I'm just not going to be able to give you my, my honest opinion. Camillo, as far as uh, the game heading into this week at a place you've won before, um, what are your expectations returning to PGA National? Oh, I love it here. This is a great golf course. I'm, I was very, very happy to see Cognizant uh, just come on board after after knowing that Honda after 42 years wasn't going to be present. Uh, so that's a big commitment to the PGA Tour, and I'm I'm very thankful as a as a kind of Palm Beach resident to have Cognizant on board. And um, again, it's it's a golf course I like. It's a golf course I've, I've played a lot. It's a golf course where I've had success. I lost in a playoff in 2000. What was it? 2006 maybe, and uh, six or seven I forget. And then uh, I won in 2010. So uh, it's tricky. Uh, if the wind picks up. Everybody knows what 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 PGA National and the Bear Trap can can bring. So, looking forward to a good week. I've been working hard on my game, and uh, even though I haven't started the year kind of on, on on the right foot, uh, you know, it was a little bit like last year where you just got to be patient. You got to understand that you're working the right things. I truly believe I am, and uh, hopefully we have we have a good one come Sunday. You had a big win back in 2010, Camilo, by five strokes. The guy in second place was Anthony Kim. What's your reaction to seeing him back? playing professional golf again this week on the Live Tour? Well, what a talented guy. I mean, I had to play uh, uh, with AK, against AK for many years. And uh, uh, just just his demeanor and his ball striking was always uh, incredible. So it was sad to see him go, obviously, with different injuries. Uh, he's been away for a long time. Um, I'm very curious to see how he comes back and, and, and how he plays and how he competes. Uh, one thing is playing at home and another thing is actually coming back and competing. I was out for almost two years with a kind of shoulder injury and some family issues and um, and uh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to come back. Uh, we'll see what, what, what AK does the, this week and, and, and what he decides to do with his career. I mean, Camilla, it's like the million-dollar question for any golf fan is what to expect out of his form this week. It's so unique to have someone with that extended a layoff when, when you had – 
uh, a multi-year layoff. What was that first week like when you're inside the ropes and simulating game pressure again? Oh, I was nervous. I was nervous to come back. I was very excited, to be honest, they, after going what uh, I went through with my shoulder and then with my family situations. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and in my case, the energy uh, I received from everybody welcoming me back was, was incredible. And uh, that motivated me, but that doesn't mean I, I wasn't feeling the nerves and pressure to perform. Um, I don't know, AK might have a little bit different attitude, might have a little different mindset. Uh, I don't know what's going through his mind, but I will be very surprised if he's not nervous on that first tee. And, uh, and, 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 but his juices will get flowing again quickly, and uh, we'll see what happens. Getting back to the PGA Tour for a moment, Camilo, there's a lot of uncertainty about what the future looks like and whether the Tour will be favoring too much the elite stars and not enough for the rank and file. It's fair to say you've been on both sides of that. You're a winner now, but go back a couple of months and you had very uncertain status out there. Do you think that gives you a decent perspective on both sides of these questions out there? Absolutely. I've been on both sides. I've been a, a top 10 in the world and I've lost my card in the, in the whole process. Uh, but that's life. Life is evolving. Life changes. And, uh, and I think you learn from both situations. Uh, um, obviously, we have a uh, competition and there's a lot going in the game of golf, uh, uh, but everything will settle in. I don't know when. Uh, the rope is pretty tangled up. Uh, it needs to be untangled. I don't know what the best uh, solution is as of, not, as of now. I have my opinion in, in certain things, but, but uh, yes, there's, there's been a little breakdown of the, of the tour into different tiers. Uh, is that the best thing for golf? Once again, I'd like to sit down with uh, those that are making the decisions right now and uh, ask deeper questions, uh, get a little bit more analytical and, and, and see why, why everything that's happening is happening. Uh, again, I'm open to just kind of listen, learn, and then uh, kind of analyze. Well, Camilo, uh, your run last fall, one of the best stories in golf, going from Cabo runner-up to then winning at Bermuda. Best of luck this week. We'll be watching. Thanks, George. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. When Golf Today returns, we're heading back down to Palm Beach Gardens, catch up with the man who had a standout career over in Gainesville. That's 2023 NCAA individual champ Fred Biondi is making his tournament debut this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Take a look at the latest PGA Tour University rankings. Remember, at the conclusion of the NCAA Men's Individual Golf Championships in May, the player holding the top spot in these rankings will receive PGA Tour membership. That's the quote-unquote direct pathway. Players finishing two through five earn Corn Ferry Tour membership for the remainder of the 2024 season and get in the final stage of the PGA Tour Q School presented by Corn Ferry. Speaking of the PGA Tour U rankings, let's remind you of uh, former Florida Gator standout Fred Biondi's story. The 2023 NCAA Championship started the final round five shots back in stroke play. 
All he did was finish with the 67 to win by one, becoming the third Gator and first since 2001 to win the NCAA individual title. Biondi was second in the PGA Tour U ranking, so he had Corn Ferry Tour membership last year. And Fred Biondi now on the show here on Golf Today, getting ready to make his Cognizant Classic debut. Fred, last year this time you're juggling classes, playing for UF. Now you're embarking on your journey as a, as a professional. How's the start to 2024 been so far? It's been amazing. Uh, I had a pretty solid start on the Corn Ferry Tour, traveled to a ton of countries, so uh, it was really fun. Fred, you had, as the winner of the NCAA title, you had a spot in the Masters if you remained as an amateur. It, that went when you turned pro. Did that give you any second thoughts about perhaps staying an amateur a little bit longer so you could play at Augusta National? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Masters is the pinnacle of golf, and uh, it's something that uh, every kid dreams of. And, yeah, it's, it's, it was a very hard decision, but I think it was a decision that uh, I had to, uh, to make looking at my interests and what I wanted to do. Um, and I think at that time in my life, I was ready to turn professional and uh, start a professional career. You started that professional career a little bit up and down, made your first couple of cuts, then you missed nine in a row. Since then, you've been playing pretty solid golf. What changed for you out there? Was it a comfort level? Was it technical? Was it attitude? Yeah, I mean, I think he, um, technical for sure. I wasn't, I wasn't playing good golf. And, um, I mean, good, good golf would take, take care of it anywhere. Uh, and, yeah, I was definitely getting more comfortable, meeting more people, and... Uh, understanding the, the travel and all, all the things that come with professional golf too. And um, I think I adapted. Uh, I took a hard time to adapt, but uh, I think now I'm more comfortable with it and uh, I'm getting back into my game. Fred, as you uh, have some starts on the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, how are you balancing gaining some momentum with that top 10 you had earlier in the season on the Corn Ferry Tour with getting more spot starts on the PGA Tour as well? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough choice. Uh, obviously, playing this week, I skip uh, a tournament in Argentina and uh, I miss out on points or uh, perhaps a win there. And it's a, it's, it's a tough choice, but I think it's an opportunity that I've been given uh, now. And I'm, uh, it's, I'm playing some tournaments that I played the courses in the past and uh, tournaments that, uh, that, I, that I have a, I believe I have a chance to, to compete. And, and do well and it, I think I'm just going to use this opportunity now and, and go with it. Do you approach a week like this Fred thinking that you want to be there with a trophy on Sunday or are you still at the stage where you're thinking this is a learning opportunity as you still try to make your way towards a PGA Tour card? I mean I think it's always a learning opportunity for me. Uh, I know that obviously I, I have to believe that I have a I, I'm capable of winning this tournament, but it, it's 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 also uh, crazy looking around and seeing Rory and and the best in the world out here. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's a little different for sure. But I'm honestly just trying to play my best golf, and if that's winning or that not winning, I mean that's that's all I can do. So uh, if I can I can play my best golf and focus on myself and and honestly just see what happens. Fred, you moved to the U.S. when you were 15 from Sao Paulo, and that was coincidentally, I think, the year before the 2016 Rio Olympics when golf made its return. 
to the Olympic Games in Brazil. We don't see a, a ton of pros flying the Brazilian flag here on the Corn Ferry Tour or the PGA Tour. How has golf grown in Brazil since the Olympics over the last seven, eight years as, as you're embarking on your pro journey? Yeah, golf in Brazil is very small. Um, it's it, it, it's not very it's not in the culture uh, of the country, and uh, I don't know many people that play. I mean, uh, it's it's a very it's a very small world of golf in Brazil, and yeah, there haven't been a ton of professionals, uh, but there's a couple that I always looked up to, and uh, I'm always trying to represent my flag. All right, Fred. Well, uh, enjoy this week at the Cognizant Classic. Like you said, a course that you're familiar with from your time in Florida. So hopefully you have some course knowledge to fall back on at PGA National. Thank you so much. And we have more golf today coming up on the other side of this short break. Part of our continuing commitment to moving the game of golf forward, Golf Channel is celebrating accomplishments made by African Americans in the game of golf throughout the entire month of February. John Shippen was the first African American to play in the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills in 1896. Shippen would go on to play five more U.S. Opens and become the head pro of the country's first African American golf club. A group of dedicated individuals are fighting to keep his legacy alive. The John Shippen was established by Intersport to identify historical barriers and expand upon black representation in the sport of golf and create awareness, access, and opportunities for person, persons of color in the business of sports. And Solomon Hughes joins us now for more. He is the Director of Marketing and Development for Intersport and the John Shippen. Uh, Solomon, good to have you on the show. The history of the John Shippen is just so important. You and your team have done some amazing work to carry on his legacy the last few years by starting a series of tournaments in his name. Tell us a little more about the John Shippen events. Good morning, guys. Thanks so much for having me. You know, first and foremost, whether you're hearing John Shippen's story for the first time or been here since day one, really encourage everyone to visit thejohnshippen.com to stay up to date for any and all information related to John Chippen Jr. We've got a lot of historical information on him, but also the John Chippen platform. Um, now in its fourth year, started in 2021, the John Chippen was co-created by Intersport um, and Woods and Watts Effect, really to do two things, to create um, and address the lack of diversity in the sport of golf for the nation's top talented uh, black golfers, both men, women, amateurs, and professionals. Um, and we do that through providing direct opportunities on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour. So we've got some great allies, some great partners who provide exemptions into their events on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour. And we give those, and we have competitions, invitationals for those top amateurs and professionals to then get the access. The other thing you mentioned it there in the Sports Business Summit was to create awareness for these talented students of color, um, such a talented individual pool of students who, you know, want to be in the sports but may not be able to play. And so we've created this business center where we bring in leaders from around the country to create awareness about opportunities in the business of sports to help uh, increase diversity there. What have you achieved between these events and the Business Summit, Solomon, that you're most proud of? What are the success stories that you're able to point to? It takes a team. An event of this magnitude is not possible without our tremendous partners and Rocket Mortgage and, you know, the different tournaments and CDW and Chase and everyone. Um, but I think we're most proud of, you know, we've had 90, 90 golfers play over the last four years. We've given out 16 um, exemptions under the PJ Tour and LPJ Tour. Um, if you guys were tuned in to the Genesis Invitational a couple weeks ago, Chase Johnson 
winner of the 2023 Men's Invitational made the cut there. But his first cut on tour was made at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which he got via exemption of the John Ship. And we're so proud of Chase and everything he's accomplished. But in 2022, Sadina Parks and Nita Uwadia make the cut at the Dow Championship, a team invitation on the LPGA. So we're so proud of all the opportunities we'd be able to create for those players against 16 exemptions. Um, hosted some of the best um, golfers to give them an opportunity to play on the biggest stage. And then on the off the golf course, we've created a fellowship where we take in a diverse individual and immerse them into the golf industry for a year and give them some hands-on experience and then elevate them year in and year out to give more and more opportunities. So, you know, so proud of everything we've done from the $340,000 in donations locally, the opportunities on the on both tours, the LPGA Tour and PGA Tour, and just the success, you know, our players have beyond our events. You look at Tim O'Neill playing on PGA Tour champions and Willie Mack on Corbin Ferry Tour. There's so, so much success. And Looking forward to see it firsthand at Chase at a Cognizant Classic here this week. Salman, what makes a series of events like the John Shippen so important? It's so important because, you know, there's a talented pool of individuals around the world and especially here in the United States who have the ability, they've got the skills to play, but not necessarily access to championship golf courses, not necessarily access to swing coaches or to equipment. And so we're so proud to be a vehicle to help increase and be uh, part of that fundamental change um, for these talented individuals who deserve the opportunity, which is evident by Chase making the cut and by others who play the John Ship and achieve success at the highest level. Um, and we're all about providing that opportunity. And again, just so appreciative of what we are able to do, but again, not possible without the number of partners we have, the tournaments we're able to offer these exemptions um, and all the allyship we have on our side. Salomon, there've been a lot of black figures of note in this game who haven't been given their due over the years. Give us some context here on John Shippen. Why is his story the um, umbrella that you're using for this project? It's a great question, Eamon. I think, you know, the golf professionals are such a key, key figure in the sport of golf for, you know, your recreational players to PJ professionals. Many of them are sons and daughters of golf professionals. Um, and John Chippen Jr. was the first, the first American-born golf professional. And we almost say he happened to be black. I think at that time, back in the 1800s, many of the golf professionals were coming from England and Scotland. And for John Chippen Jr. to not only be the first American-born golf professional in an industry that is so key and so pitiful to the sport of golf as we know today, playing in six U.S. Opens at a time when you're the first one, you look at other individuals, maybe a uh, maybe a Jackie Robinson in baseball, or Jesse Owens in golf. These are people who are pioneers and trailblazers in this sport. And John Chippen Jr., the first to play in the U.S. Open, two top fives in 1896 and 1902. And to be the first American-born golf professional in an industry that is so captivating and so important to the sport of golf we have today is, is tremendous, in my, in my opinion. He is Solomon Hughes. Solomon, thanks so much for uh, having the conversation with us. We enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.